I'm the doctor, by the way. What's your name? Rose. Nice to meet you, Rose. Run for your life! Neverlanders, it's me again. I'm the Pan. Pan who? Pan Jeremy. You should you should probably know that. And no, not that kind of Pan. This is mm-hmm. the Neverland podcast, after all, and I'm here with my faithful companion, Heather. Hello. So, where have we gone today, Pan? Well, first we'd all better remember to take our pixie out of our pockets and sprinkle a little bit of pixie dust. I see you have a new pixie. Yes. Thanks to Richard and Sarah of Skywalking Through Neverland, I have a neat little Tinkerbell keychain as part of a Comic-Con swag box that I've won through their show. So thanks, Skywalkers. Uh, also, a bonus to those of you that haven't been listening to Skywalking Through Neverland yet, Sarah has now twice used my full name on their show, something that hasn't yet happened here on the Neverland podcast. So go check out their show, Lost Boys and Pixies. Well, you haven't told me where we are, Jeremy. So typical of you, just forgetful. Your mind wanders around like a wandering thing that wanders. Uh, oh, yes. Uh, well, it's July 15th, 1955. And as we step out of our Neverland TARDIS, uh, that's time and relative dimension in space, we should be at the opening day of Disneyland. We've quite already Walt Disney's about ready to make a speech. To all who come to this happy place, welcome. Disneyland is your land. Here age relives fond memories of the past, and here youth may savor the challenge and promise of the future. Disneyland is dedicated to the ideals, the dreams, and the hard facts that have created America, with the hope that it will be a source of joy and inspiration to all the world. Doesn't that just give you the warm fuzzies? Yes, it does, dear. The doctor must die! Friends of yours? I didn't invite them. We better get out of here. Well, come on, quick. Back to the TARDIS. We didn't get to write anything. Well, we'll worry about later. Alonzi, let's go! Well, that was close. Uh, that was kind of unexpected. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, uh, you don't think it was kind of cowardly for us to run away? I mean, maybe we should have done something? Well, I, I don't know. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, it, it's not in recorded history that a bunch of Daleks killed Walt Disney, right? So, uh, <laughs> no, it's not a problem, right? <laughs> I, I'm sure it'll be okay. Sure. Well, okay. Well, we better uh, just go on with the show. <laughs> oh, my. Um... Well, we do have some news. I, I suppose we should get to that. Uh, well, f- let's start with some Marvel news. Does that sound good? Sure. Well, did you know that Adrienne 
Palicki of Friday Night Lights fame has been cast to play Mockingbird in episode 5 of the upcoming season of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, now Mockingbird, if she's able to mimic the fighting ability and sometimes even the powers of any opponent that she faces. Uh, so far I haven't heard anything if she's going to have any other appearances, but there are rumors running about that since she was at one point married to Hawkeye that maybe Jeremy Renner is going to show up. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy is officially the number one movie in the U.S. for the summer. Yay! In four weeks, it has grossed 251.9 million, toppling Transformers Age of Extinction and reclaiming the number one spot from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Which I'm sure it would do easily, because, well, you heard our review. It was okay. Marvel Pop by Funko has created a dancing Groot bobblehead! Yay! Yeah, it's very cute and charming, I'm still hoping for something more interactive. I want a dancing Groot that reacts when you play music like they used to have in the 90s. Uh, or or even if you, you push a button and it plays something from the soundtrack and he dances. You know, I, That's what I want. I bet somebody's working on that. I'd I be hope surprised they are. If they, they you can buy me one for Christmas. Mm. <laughs> and then I will annoy everyone with it. <laughs> Look, it's Groot. He dances. I am Groot. Ooga chugga, ooga chugga, boogie boogie. Okay. okay, moving on. An official photo was released of Paul Rudd as Scott Lang, and Evangeline Lilly has released photos of herself as Hope Van Dyne, daughter of the, of Hank Pym and Janet Van Dyne. Woo! All for Marvel's upcoming Ant-Man. Still no word on Hank being mentioned as the original Ant-Man and Janet as Wasp of Marvel's Avengers. Yeah, I'd really kind of like to see Wasp in there somewhere but uh you know i don't i haven't heard anything about her being cast as but i mean if the, the daughter's there they have to mention janet so okay well let's go on to some disney news uh walt disney world has moved up their closing date for american idol for the well the american idol experience it's now set to close on august 30th of 2014 but there's no word yet on what will be taking its place let's hope it's something star wars eh Frozen Summer has been such a hit in WDW that they have extended its fun until September 28th. Yeah, I bet they'll go a little further because I'm, I'm kind of half expecting that it's going to continue to do well. The next thing you know, you're going to have a frozen Christmas. They just let it go. They Oh, they will not let it go. There's money in that. Oh. Okay. Something really cool actually happened uh, over this past weekend. I wish I was there. Uh, Villains Unleashed, the, well, the Villains Unleashed event was held on August 23rd, and there were some very special appearances by Star Wars villains, including Darth Vader and the Emperor and Boba Fett and some other bounty hunters and stormtroopers, and there was even an extra special appearance by Captain Gamtu and also the evil Hamsterville. Uh, and an evil version of Maleficent, yay, was on hand for some spectacular fireworks that happened over Walt Disney World. A gorilla was born in Disney's Animal Kingdom. Yay! Born August 7th to Mother Azizi and Father Gino. The healthy infant has already become an integral member of his family group, which includes two other adult females. Uh, I think that's Kashada. Kashada and Banga. A four-year-old female named Lily. Oh, and a four. And a four. Yeah. And so a four-year-old. There's, there's already quite the family unit, and now they yeah. have a new baby that was just born. So that's fun. I wish we had money to go see. <laughs> no. We didn't see a baby. I don't think we've ever seen a baby gorilla that young, have we? Um, I don't think so. I don't think the zoo around here um has has had a baby gorilla for a long time. Yeah, now we, ba- baby chimpanzees. Yeah. Yes, but I don't we, think we've had gorillas. We've had baby orangutans, but just just not gorillas. We did see a baby rhino over at our local yes. zoo once. So we yes. see a lot of animal babies. And the the baby rhino at our zoo. Actually, they, we went there, and there was a um, 
a zookeeper that was saying the female at the Kansas City Zoo um, is actually a very sought after mate because she is actually has some wild genes in her. So cool. they will, she probably will have more babies to come as time goes on. Yeah. Well, the global television debut of Star Wars Rebels Spark of the Rebellion is set for Friday, October 3rd, uh, 9 p.m. Eastern Pacific. You know, so that's going to be 8 o'clock for us here in Central Time. Uh, it's going to be on Disney channels around the world, and it's going to usher in the series Star Wars Rebels beginning on Monday, October 13th on Disney XD. Uh, the series is going to air in 34 languages across 163 countries and over 400 million households. Uh, Rebels takes place between episodes 3 and 4, and we'll get to talk a lot more about this uh, next week with Richard and Sarah of Skywalking Through Neverland, which I've talked to them to have the conversation, but we haven't scheduled the time. But that is in the works. That is the plan. And now some news beyond Disney. For James Bond's 24th film, this was just released. Casting has begun for the main assassin, with the search specifically focused on someone extremely physically fit and over 6'2". Whoever wins the role will have several altercations with Daniel Craig's 007 throughout the film and also a driving sequence. Former sports athletes will be under consideration along with anyone very unusual. The character has had the working name of Hinks, which may change before the shooting starts, and is said to be between 30 and 45 years old. The goal is to find the next Jaws or Odd Job henchman so different to anything that has gone before that they will instantly become uh, iconic in the film series. Yay! More James Bond. I love James Bond. Well, but plus another great henchman. Yes. I mean, how cool is that? They've gone a while without having somebody quirky. I mean, they had the, the, um, uh, Casino Royale with the guy that you know that cried well, the blood. Well, yeah, that's the main but, villain. The main villain always has a weird defect, mm-hmm, but not not or outrageous one. I mean, like yeah. you know, you but think a good, when you think of historical James Bond. Yeah, when you think Jaws and Odd Job as being great henchmen, it's because they have a great weapon. Like Jaws, you know, he had Jaws, yes, and the, then Odd the Job with the the, the hat. Ching, you mm-hmm. know, that's my sound effect for that. Ching. Ching. <laughs> But so something over into that level just sounds. I, I'm loving this already before I even know anything about it. Yeah, they, they're, they're. I hope they're. I mean, they're kind of moving towards uh, more of the. Um, I can't think of his name. I the Sean Connery stuff. The Sean Connery. Yeah, he, he didn't have quite so much cheesy as you know some of the later ones, and, and I can't think of his name for the life of me. <laughs> Roger Moore, perhaps. Roger Moore. Yes, thank you. I, he had he had quite a few colorful. You know, he was more of the colorful. Well, it looks like they're going back that way. Mm-hmm. Well, you look a little uh, down. Are you? What, what are you thinking about? Well, I still didn't get to ride anything. You promised me a fun day at Disneyland. Hmm. I have an idea. Uh, well, we're, you remember when we sent Lost Boy Jesse to the Friends of the Magic 2014 meet uh, a couple of weeks ago? Yeah, uh, hosted by Paul Berry uh, of Window to the Magic and Tony Pascal of Above the Firehouse. You know, I always thought it was Fireplace. Uh, well, Friends of the Magic was held at Disneyland, and, and Jesse already came to the show last week to talk about it. Have you forgotten already? Well, of course not. I just have an idea. Uh, but first, I guess I'd better make a little announcement. Main Street, Main Street, meet me tonight on Main Street. Once a year... Disney fans from all across the country converge on one little town. 
Once a year, cartoonists and artists are invited to share their talents, stories, and art with these Disney fans. Once a year, the magic of Disney is centrally located in one place, Walt Disney's boyhood home, Marceline, Missouri. The Neverland Podcast invites you to come to ToonFest 2014 in Marceline, Missouri, September 20th, 2014, for a visit to the original Main Street, USA. Jeremy, host of the Neverland Podcast, will be there to meet you with prizes. Be one of the first to find me and tell me where you heard this promo, and you win. It's kind of like Where's Waldo? only with a bit of Disney magic thrown in. He could be watching the parade, shopping for classic Disney items in the antique shops, exploring the Walt Disney Hometown Museum, listening to a cartoonist at the community center, visiting Walt's Dreaming Tree, or eating something. I'll be the guy in the Neverland Podcast t-shirt stuffing his face. Small town festivals have some of the best food. Kettle corn. Mmm. <clears throat> For full details, visit www.neverlandpodcast.com or www.toonfest.net. If you're planning to make a trip to Marceline, Missouri on September 20th, Jeremy would love to meet you. The parade begins on Main Street at 10 a.m. Central Time. Don't miss it. Yay! So, as I've been going out to Marceline for Toonfest uh, for, golly, how many years now? About four years? Have I done? We've been going. It's not... You, um, you've been by yourself, but I've come along as yeah. well. It's uh, yeah, been at least I, four or five years. Yeah, because I, I think the first time I went was in 2009. And so, this I think this will be my fifth year. But this year, I actually have a show. Now, are you going to come out with me this time? Because you're part of the show. You should meet people. Well, I guess it depends on how much homework I have to do. Oh, well, yeah, student homework, not your... Well, you'll have your own homework. I'll have both. (laughs) Yeah, she's trying to go for her master's, kiddos. So, well, um, so are you interested in what my, my, this big plan is? Yeah, so what is this big plan of yours? Okay, well, I I was talking about Jesse having been at Friends of the Magic. Okay, now his trip is time-locked. You know, it's a fixed point in history, so we, we really can't let him know because it may alter something. No, what? Well, that we are about to arrive in Disneyland during Friends of the Magic and take a ride with them. Okay, all ashore and keep quiet.
treasure of Mada, glittering Was that fun? Yeah. I don't think he saw us at all. No, I don't think he did. I think we are <laughs> sneakier than Indiana Jones. <laughs> so, okay. Well, now we're back on the TARDIS. Let's see. What should we do next? Hey, what does this button do? The angels are coming for you, but listen. Your life could depend on this. Don't blink. Don't even blink. Blink and you're dead. They are fast. Faster than you could believe. Don't turn your back. Don't look away. And don't blink. Good luck. 
Well, that was kind of ominous. I, I don't think that was meant for us. Do, uh, do you? Oh, I don't know. I don't care. I'm keeping my eyes open. I'm not blinking. Not blinking. Oh, okay, well, you, you, you keep your eyes open. Um, I tell you what, let me see if I can figure out a way, and we'll, we'll, we'll try to calm our nerves a little bit. Hang on. See, wasn't that nice? That's really pretty. Yeah. yeah, that is by these uh, their twin harpist Camille and Kennerly that I found out about. Uh, they have a YouTube channel under Camille and Kennerly. They're twin harpists, and they have a lot of videos and they have a couple of CDs where they they play fantasy music and actually do some heavy metal covers on electric harps that they play together. It's really cool, and I'm hoping maybe I can get them on the show. I'll, I'm going to try to make contact with them because it's Pretty really fun. cool, and maybe we can feature some more of their music because it's really really cool. Um, okay, but now that we calm down a bit um we need to talk about last night's premiere of the new doctor uh, i don't even know what season we're on but this is well it's the 12th doctor but really he'd be the 13th because there was uh john hurt the yeah. hidden doctor that they didn't like to talk about because he was the warrior uh during the the great time war uh, but they premiered the episode last night with peter capaldi as the new doctor what did you think of him as a new doctor well, it's definitely different than what we have been seeing with the last uh, few doctors where they're very young, um, they're very, I mean, well, flirty, just to be honest, you know, um, especially with their companion. And they do make a point in this one um, to just acknowledge that fact that this is a different doctor. You know, I'm not your boyfriend. I'm not, you know, that that's, that is kind of what and they're trying to And he's not a hugger. <laughs> yeah, and, and he's not a hugger. It's a very different, very, um, right now a little bit severe although you could see um the new doctor trying you know affecting a little bit of what um matt smith's doctor kind of did at the beginning where he especially when he's trying to get himself uh oriented and and yeah. back to his new body there was a little bit of the mannerisms that came off a little awkward but they would because he, he still, just regenerated he just regenerated it was a big one yeah and it, yes it was because he was supposed to be out of regenerations and then the the gallifrey and mm -hmm. spoiler warning uh gave him the ability for who knows how many more new generations mm -hmm. so yeah he was a little stumbly and it was a little cartoony at one point they even uh had uh oh yeah the i one. don't want to spoiler anything but they used a cartoon sound effect and it was funny uh where they're trying to get him to go to sleep because really what a, a doctor needs to finish his regeneration is some rest mm -hmm. and so they're trying to get him to go to sleep and uh and it's it is rather, rather comical though unexpected the cartoon style sound effect that was used yeah it i i wouldn't have chosen that one i i would like to go back to the editor and say no don't don't do that one like pick something a little bit different because this doctor not something that sounds like it came out of looney tunes yeah this doctor is very very different and he's temperamental Yes, it, there, I, I feel like there is going to be a little more moodiness, a little yeah. more seriousness to to him. Not a David Tennant moodiness, more of more of that just... Uh, he seemed impatient with what he called pudding, pudding heads now, all the humans. Anyone who can't mm -hmm. keep up with his mind, he's like, well, he's pudding heads over here, and he's... 
He's well, not very patient. But even Dana, David Tennant's doctor was still fun and funny, and yeah. he smiled. And this doctor is not going to smile very much. I have a feeling. In- yeah, because David Tennant was grim. He was the one that was kind of dealing with uh, some previous factors where he thought he had destroyed Gallifrey, and he was mm-hmm. a little bit. He was. He's known as kind of the grim hero type one. Uh, but this one, yeah, he's very much focused, very serious, uh, and it's. It's going to be inter- interesting to see where this goes with uh, his friendship with Clara or his current companion, uh, because I, no, there's been a rumor that Clara is going to be leaving. Uh, Jenna Coleman is playing Clara. She's going to be leaving at the Christmas show, but I haven't heard anything to confirm that. And I can see there's potential some clashes going on within the episode, but there was something very special, and I don't want to spoil or anything. But if if you like us felt that Matt T- Matt uh, Smith did not get a very good send off in his final episode, they seem to have made up for it at the at the end of this episode with a nice phone call uh that helps helps reassure clara it fit nicely into the story i think um and i don't want to spoil her anything but is uh, i thought it was really kind of nice to give him like a second chance to be able to actually say goodbye well and it is an adjustment for people that have been watching it and i kind of appreciated the acknowledgement of the adjustment because me personally as i'm watching it uh, you know, the first episode takes me a little while to accept the new Doctor. I mean, and, and I guess... Yeah. You got hooked on dating Christopher Eccleston. I did. Know. I have to say, it was too I bad. love he was only a season. Christopher Eccleston. That, he, yeah. he, to me, like, that is the first Doctor that I saw, and that's, like, my Doctor. I guess, you know, I like David Tennant. Matt Smith is a little bit, you know, lower than that. Just yeah. but, those, but he was fun. I, I like yeah. something I noticed during the marathon that Matt Smith's Doctor, he had a habit of running along and then sliding to a stop constantly when he was doing stuff mm-hmm. he had like that playful yeah. charm thing uh in, in, in his interpretation of the doctor or something yeah yeah well because each 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 regeneration he gets a slightly different personality but yet he's still the same mm-hmm. person but yeah. it is fun when he comes out and he's like well gee i i gotta i haven't figured out who i am now and mm-hmm. he, there's that little bit of growing thing when, and i and i love the the joke that uh capaldi and that is that right yeah yeah okay i have heard capaldi and it might makes be the joke about his eyebrows because he does have these like huge bushy eyebrows and he he's figuring himself out and and all this stuff and then he makes a reference to his eyebrows like are these huge eyebrows and and <laughs> makes a big deal about it and it's absolutely hilarious because and they they kind of do that with each of the doctors and they kind of oh look i have kidneys yeah and play on still you know, not ginger the, the physical <laughs> appearance of each doctor just a little bit you know amazing hair or great teeth or you yeah. know whatever check and, themselves out in the mirror yeah you know and and um even in re-watching the one where john hurt and uh matt smith and um david Tennant are all in that very last one before yeah. we before we transition into uh capaldi's and joking about skinniness like oh you know Tennant is proper skinny not like super skinny like matt smith i mean they make jokes about their the physical yeah. appearance and i and i appreciate that i think that's that that brings a little bit of levity yeah. you know, to it. The show has to have some levity because they do some dark, scary aliens, which we'll talk about here with a, a guest. We need to have a guest on. But one yep. thing I do want to throw out that I did did enjoy is because Peter Capaldi has played a character on Doctor Who before. Uh, I like the fact that he was like, "Oh, there's there's something familiar about this face," I, and I, mm-hmm. I know there was a reason I chose it, but I I just can't seem to think of it. But I know I know my face, mm-hmm. and I, I like that acknowledgement because it kind of goes with you know the Matt Smith Doctor has been around for you know he's been hundreds and you know 
he's now 2,000 years old after all the hundreds of years he spent as the Doctor. So it does give that, that little bit of forgetfulness of maybe having seen that face before, but yet a recognition that, oh, wait a minute, I've, I've seen this face that I now look like before. So I did appreciate that. But overall, good episode? I think so, good episode. I, I want to rewatch it just because the first time you kind of have to adjust to the change in, in Doctors yeah. and everything like that. But I want to see it again and like after... You know, seeing it just just to see it again and let it sink in a little bit. And we need to talk to some extra people. We need a bit more experts on here. Uh, uh, if you all will pardon me, I need to make a couple adjustments here. Uh, it's starting to come in there. Sherry, Sherry, are you there? Yes, I am. Oh, good. It worked. Okay. So I had to make a couple of quick adjustments there. Uh, things don't always work in this TARDIS. For some reason, it's like it got a mind of its own. I know. I was doing something else, and you completely just binged me up there. Oops, wrong reference. <laughs> Wrong reference, but quite a few similarities. But anyways, okay, so we have a special guest on here. This is Sherry Moss, who I've known for years. And uh, you've been watching Doctor Who a lot longer than I have. Heather and I just got into this, oh, probably about two years ago. Eccleston. Yeah, well, but that's yeah. when we started watching. Yeah. Uh, about the time we got Netflix, because people had been saying, oh, you need to be watching Doctor Who. So I thought, well, let me just kind of see. And I thought, well, let me watch an episode and... I, I when I got in there, I really didn't understand how it worked. I thought, okay, is this where they've rebooted this series? And it's a brand new, and I don't have to understand anything from this old show or whatever. I guess it used to be on, and it wasn't until later I started figuring out or learning about how they've had multiple doctors throughout the years, and so you could actually really step in uh, from the 2005 series and be able to follow right along. And even as they've introduced the, the villains, they've introduced them in a new way, and you you find out later that oh wow these were villains from way back in the 60s but uh, you you can actually catch up real quick so uh, yes and they've actually improved the special effects quite a bit oh um, yeah it's much uh, better production values i started actually watching it in i don't remember if it was 77 or 78 um back when it was just on channel 19 pbs we didn't have cable yet i mean i think it existed we personally didn't have cable yet um I met a girl in junior high, and she was enamored of the doctor, and that was uh, Tom Baker, the fourth guy with the long scarf, multicolored scarf. And uh, so we... afro. Yeah, the big curly (laughs) natural afro. Uh, We started pretending to be different characters. I was Sarah Jane, because I wanted to be a journalist. (laughs) And uh, we actually had one of our other friends was K-9, and we know she's not a, a tin dog, but she was the tin dog. And we had Harry Sullivan, who was another companion that went around with the Doctor and Sarah. So, uh, I don't know, just weird teenage stuff, but I started watching it then. And kind of, you know, as, I, as they switched to the fifth Doctor, and I went off to college, I got married, I lost, lost track of it a little bit. I never saw the sixth or seventh Doctors. Uh, the Eighth Doctor was a TV movie. I did see that one. Yeah, the only thing I saw of the Eighth Doctor is uh, they did sort of like a prequel type of thing here recently before they did uh, the fiftieth. The fiftieth day yeah, of the when Doctor we were coming up on the fiftieth, and they were going to have all the Doctors. They did that little preview thing on YouTube where you could see the Eighth Doctor and how he transitions into the in between John Hurt Doctor that no one had ever heard of before, where he wasn't right the doctor <laughs> at that time. Right. So. Um, yeah, they, they kind of threw that in. But you know what? I have got to give uh, Russell Davies and Stephen Moffat credit. They have really done a good job 
working the older, like you said, the older villains in, but then also making it, you know, where you can just jump in. It's pretty accessible. Yeah. Uh, I always tell people to start with the ninth and just go from there. Yep. Uh, because I, I, I honestly, the, we're, we're so jaded, you know, the special effects and the acting ability. I think if you went back and started with the classics, you probably wouldn't stick with it now. Yeah, we've tried to watch some of the classic. Uh, I watched some of uh, Black and White with the first Doctor that's on Netflix, and it's all in this Mayan temple. And the, I the did watch that one. It, yeah. it, it takes so many episodes to develop the story, and it goes so slowly that I have a hard time keeping with it. There is a movie. I have to think of the name of it, or I have to look for it. Uh, but it is. Uh, we just saw it the other day on BBC America, and we didn't watch it yet. We, I think we might have recorded it. But it is about the the original, the making of Doctor Who and why they switched actors and how they came up with the whole regeneration idea. And uh, William Hartnett, the first Doctor, is actually played by, um, oh, the same actor that plays Argus Filch. And right now I can't think of his name in the Harry Potter movies. Yeah. <laughs> it's David something. I'm on IMDb. I'll look it up. Yeah, I, I do recall. I think I saw at least half of that. It was like kind of made for TV kind of thing. It was. And, uh, was it, they had uh, where they weren't sure that they were were getting anywhere with it, and then all of a sudden they had the Daleks uh, in one episode, and they thought, well, that's going to be a silly idea. They'll never never catch on. And it took the off. Woman who had created it. I'm, hopefully, I'm not spoiling anything, but uh, she has, overhears a couple of boys running and playing, going exterminate, exterminate, and suddenly she knows we've got a hit now. It, I did. I just found it. It's called an adventure in space and time. Yeah. So that's a, kind of ex, an explanation of the early years. I, I did. I'm interested in watching it. I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. Not sure how factual this actually will be. But, uh, <clears throat> I, I don't know. A, a BBC thing on J.K. Rowling that I thought, well, this might be interesting. But in the first five minutes, it was so hokey that I was like, I can't believe that this is. Oh actually. no. Well, I hope it's not like that. Yeah. This one seemed a bit more believable, but I guess that only part of it. Um, but uh, golly, uh, see, at this point in the show, everybody will have heard our review of the new Doctor, but I don't suppose we've actually explained this to anyone who maybe has never sat down and watched this and only has heard of it. How would you explain Doctor <clears throat> Who? Interesting you should ask that. Um, this year, I teach high school, and I was given a room with a blue cabinet. It was already blue. And I thought, oh, this is cool. I'm going to make little windows and a little sign. I'm going to make it a TARDIS. And some of my students have heard of it. Some have not. So I have my little two-minute who the heck is Dr. Who speech that I've been giving every day. So I'll just give it again. Um, <laughs> basically, the doctor is of another. He's an alien race. He's a time lord from Gallifrey. He stole a time machine um, and has been traveling the universe the time machine he stole was broken. It's supposed to have a chameleon circuit, so it's supposed to change. If you land in a forest, it will look like a tree. If you land in the ocean, it will look like a whale, etc. Um, but his is broken, so it's easier on the budget to always have a blue, you know, box built in whatever set you're in. So they stay with the blue foam box, and I explain, you know, to them what a police box is because those don't exist in England anymore. Yeah. But, and we're not British. Uh, and we're not yeah. British. That darn shame there, but uh, I wish I were. <laughs> um, basically, the, you could call the police. There's a little door. There's a phone. You call the police. Uh, they come and put the bad guy in the box until the paddy wagon can get there and get him. Uh, it also had, some of them have the circular St. John's ambulance symbol, and that showed that, that there was emergency equipment in there if you needed to 
resuscitate someone. Um, so anyway, he travels around, and he seems to like Earth because he's here a lot. Uh, but he can actually go anywhere in time and space. Um, he usually has a human companion, but not always. And um, the companion is kind of our window into his universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's pretty much it. The only other thing that I tell them is they'll say, why are there 12 guys? I'm like, well, he's always the same doctor. But if he is injured or his body gets old or they just flat can't work with that actor anymore, he will, <laughs> he will regenerate uh, and you will get a new doctor. And usually with the new series, the new doctor also has a new TARDIS design. Yeah, uh, wild changes. New screwdriver, kind of a reboot. And I think, I think that's probably the only way we've lasted since 1963 with that short little break in the 90s there. Yeah, it was a short break when I guess the popularity had kind of dropped and they really needed something to kind of spark it again. And the, 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 really the 2005 bringing it back with that. Right. Now, right. See, that I, I haven't seen a whole lot of the older series, but I think some of the strength of the newer series uh, is because each, each episode is kind of like its own weird mystery. In fact, there was a, a book, uh, a Doctor Who book I listened to the audio book of, that had one of his friends describe him as Sherlock Holmes crossed with the Mad Hatter. Oh, yeah, that sounds apt. Yep, so you have this guy who's solving these weird uh, sci-fi-style mysteries uh, throughout you know, space and time. And I think what's kind of carried it is uh, this, from what I've seen uh, of the newer versions, it's a little bit darker tone and a lot scarier. It seems like they've taken a little bit of that, a little bit of a horror movie's perspective with all his villains, so they seem more frightening, and you realize the only thing that's preventing these horrible alien creatures from destroying us all is some guy with a screwdriver. <laughs> exactly. Well, and you bring up a couple of good points there. He's never armed. He never uses violence. Right. Uh, and makes a point about that, actually, yep. not to use violence or let, allow other people around him to use violence. Um Back in the older days, we had a guy named Brigadier General uh, Lethbridge Stewart who was going around blowing things up. So he's kind of, he was part of UNIT. He's not there anymore. His daughter, I think, is still involved in it. Um, there was something else I was going to say. Oh, in the in the older days, um, there would be maybe little mini-series, five episodes, maybe six episodes of the same plot line that would leave you on a cliffhanger. And now they tend to only maybe do two that are connected. Um, like you'll have the, the family of blood or human nature and the family of blood. Those two go together. Those were David Tennant ones where he was human for a bit. Um, and those are really good. But originally it was a children's series that was supposed to teach, um, about history yep. and they've retweaked it a bit. But, um, so the monsters, it's never really too scary for children. supposedly, um, but yeah, some of the newer ones I think are a little frightening, yeah, they're they're just that that they're that frightening visage and the way like the silence would be there and then they weren't there. Yeah, <laughs> or you know now my daughter who's eighteen years old is scared of the uh, angel in my grandma's front yard uh, <laughs> because of that. But but anyway, it's kind of interesting. Last year we had a, a down day and I showed Blink just that one episode with the weeping mm. angels and the kid these kids they were cracking me up because they're t- they're teenagers they're high school. And they were, oh, turn this off. This is scary. This is creeping me out. I said, didn't you just tell me you just saw Saw number four or whatever? <laughs> and you like 
horror movie? Like, how is this scaring you? But it was suspenseful, and they didn't like it, which I thought was really funny. (laughs) The modern horror movie isn't about horror anymore. It's about blood and guts and gross out and shock value. And when when you reach back to the old school type of thing, like... Yeah, uh, rear window, yeah. Like, or it's a pretty good example. We uh, uh, watched because it was an inspiration for the Haunted Mansion. Look at Disney part in the Disney podcast. Uh, for instance, <laughs> it was an inspiration. We found the black and white haunting. Oh, and that's thought scary. we'd sit down and the watch it. The Hill House. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, yeah. not yeah. like the Haunting of the Hill House. The old black and white one. Scary. And creepy. Yeah, it's the very old one creepy. Was scary. I mean, it was really scary in comparison to the newer one. Yeah. yeah. The newer one was kind of cool. I was a stylized. It wasn't like super good, but that, that old black and white one actually made me about fall out of my seat at one particular scene when, uh, when one of the characters is climbing up a spiral staircase and somebody's been missing in the, in the house and she opens up like this kind of attic doorway and this face comes out and just opens and closes the door and I about fell over. I'm not a big fan of, of scary movies. They scare the tar out of me. I'm not good at it. Uh, uh, Shaun of the Dead is hilarious. I can watch that all day. But that, the, I tried to watch that. It was too disgusting. I saw a scene oh where they gosh. were pulling a guy's intestines out, and I was like, no, I'm not watching. Okay, That's gross. But it, it's funny. I mean, just don't watch that part, but it's really funny. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah, I'm not a big fan of scary things. So honestly, with Doctor Who, you kind of have um, you have options now because the Sarah Jane Adventures – uh, are more for children, and you can watch those. And they don't have scary doctor or scary villains at all. But both the tenth and the eleventh Doctor have made appearances on there. And then, um, of course, Elizabeth Sladen has passed now. Sarah Jane, actress, has died. Oh, so I didn't know that she had cancer, and she worked like right up until the day she she didn't even tell them that she was so that that sick. Um, so I admire that about her. But anyway, then you also have Torchwood, which is the other side. And that is like way gory and gross and scary. <laughs> so you kind of have the doctors in the middle. Items, the sideshows or whatever you want to yeah, call them. Uh, I don't know if the spin-offs. spinoffs are on BBC America or, or only on Netflix. I've seen Torchwood mm-hmm. is on Netflix. They're both on. Uh, actually, I believe I rented uh, Netflix the discs of Sarah Jane Adventures, and they are also on YouTube. Uh, if we're if we're allowed to say that on here, uh, <laughs> but. Uh, Torchwood is is a lot darker. So Doctor Who's the middle, and it's kind of interesting. The whole Torchwood thing is it's the same letters as Doctor Who. They're just uh, mixed around. And now you're both trying to see if that's true. It is. Write it down. (laughs) (laughs) So, like, speaking of villains, like, what is the scariest villain that you think is on Doctor Who? The angels for me. I mean, yeah. that, that scares me probably um, more than any of the, And they're always... And it's not just the Weeping Angels. I mean, I noticed uh, we watched the one on the Titanic where mm, they weren't the stone angels, yes, but they yes, were robots. The metal and there always robot. seems to be an angel. Like, angels are the villains. Uh, the, actually, the devil shows up in one episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was pretty <laughs> creepy. That was the one with the Ood where you're first introduced to them. And, uh, yes, yes. And they start quoting Revelation every once in a while. <laughs> Um, and you're like, then they then they like don't know what just happened. I I do not know what you mean. How can I serve you today? It's like you were just telling me we'll all perish in flames. <laughs> and then it's like I'm sorry, you know. They hit the little orb to make it, you know, light back up. <laughs> um, I don't. Let's see. I mean, there's been a lot. I've watched a lot over the years. I'd have to go back and and watch. But I really think the newest master that was so like gleefully evil 
Yeah. Um, that was, you know, like, oh, here come the drums. And he's all like rocking out and stuff. And um, he's just kind of, uh, he's just too happy about it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh-huh. <laughs> he creeped me out. Yeah. I would really Very like to sinister, go back and good see word. some of the old master episodes to see what he was like before. Uh, well, the in the movie, he was actually uh, Julia Roberts' brother, uh, Eric Roberts, and ah. so he wasn't all that scary, to be honest with you. Uh, but uh, this newer guy was just so unhinged. <laughs> just, oh, yeah. So he creeped me out. Um, and now no, he's got a new series called Intruders that they've been advertising all day during a oh, Doctor Who marathon. I know. That's what, was, like I said uh, before you know, we started recording, I'd been watching BBC America's uh, The Musketeers, well, I guess the BBC, and then now it's on BBC America. And I've really enjoyed um, Cardinal Richelieu, which is Peter Capaldi. And now he's got to leave. I don't know if they're going to kill him. Tomorrow night's the, the series finale. So I don't know whether he's got going to die or just disappear. You know, if he's a real historical character, I don't guess you can kill him. Um, uh, he's just a book character. So, I mean, okay. that, I'm sure they haven't followed the book so much in that series. I so. don't think so. I, I started to read it and was like, oh, the queen's not nearly as nice as you know, <laughs> she is in the, in the show. This but, doesn't uh, resemble the Disney version at all. No, but I am kind of interested that they're going back to an older doctor. Because yeah. we've had a, we've had a, you know, Eccleston wasn't that young, but we've had, we've had a couple of younger ones now. Uh, and even, let's see, Tom Baker was probably in his 40s and the, and the men before him were all older. Yeah. Um, I think Hartnell was maybe 60s. Patrick Troughton was 50s or 60s. Troughton, I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. Um, uh, John Pertwee was white-headed, curly hair. He was probably also 50s or 60s. And yet Tom Baker in his 40s. Uh, Peter Davidson, Davison, sorry, was younger. He was probably 30s. And I believe his daughter has been on Doctor Who. Yeah, and Mary uh, um, as David the doctor's Tate. daughter and Mary David Tate, yeah. that is correct. <laughs> um, even though at one point he was dating the girl in the fireplace, uh, <laughs> apparently, <laughs> but seriously, um, Sophia, whatever her name was. Anyway, um, and then they had gone. Let's see, from him there was another curly-haired younger guy, and then of course, um, oh, Radagast the Brown. What's his name? Um, he was the seventh doctor, Sylvester McCoy. Ah. So he was older. He was one of the doctors. He was the seventh doctor. Wow. Um, That's cool. That's pretty nifty. Back in 90-something, maybe, 89, 90. Um, And then, of course, Paul McGann was younger. And they've gone young, young, young with these last three, and now we're back to an older man. So I'm interested to see. I think maybe they're trying to take some of the flirty romance out of it that we've had. You know, Martha Jones had a crush on the doctor. It was David Tennant. Who wouldn't? But I'm just saying. Yeah. Um. You had that little bit of flirtiness with Amy before you realized she was going to end up with Rory. Hope no spoilers to people who actually haven't watched it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> actually, my two favorite companions though uh, was Rory and Amy. Just they were they were just fun. The two of them and Rory was probably the coolest companion. He was. I loved Rory. He was a sweetheart. Yeah, because he 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 didn't seem like he was like that tough. But when it when it came down to it, you know, this is the guy that after his brain was a plastic man, waited 2,000 years for Amy yeah, the, to come back. the boy who waited. Well, you know, they did that with Mickey, too. Yeah. Because Mickey was kind of a wuss. Yeah, uh, he was the cowardly the guy at first. And then he really stepped up and started kicking butt, too. Now, of course, I always get confused because when you see the kick butt version, uh, I, I've been trying to figure out, well, is that Mickey or is that Ricky? And Ricky, uh, I think. Because one of them died, I no, thought. Um, yeah, Ricky's the one that died? Okay. Yeah. Ricky died and Mickey took his place. 
Yeah. Is that yeah. true? I yeah, that was true. back when in like this alternate reality where uh, where uh, parallel universe it was a parallel that. universe where the Cybermen right. were still around. That is one of the things that's always been kind of cool, though, is the Doctor can do something that you think is going to completely eradicate this one villain, and some for some reason that they don't always even have to explain, they're back again. And you're oh, like, the Daleks! Got rid of these guys. Oh, I know Daleks. We thought we were dead several times, and they're like, "Oh, there was one little pocket universe, and they're hiding yeah. in there." You know, in fact, like, my, my first uh, introduction to the Daleks was uh, uh, the library actually had uh, audio from some of the old TV shows, and I listened to uh, an episode of the Daleks, and the Doctor actually went to the Dalek planet and destroyed. They had like a, a prime Dalek there. I don't know if it was supposed to have been Davros, but he did some. He they they had worked up like a kind of like a computer virus that they called like the human ele- element that the the Daleks actually had wanted. They thought they needed to understand humans so they could wipe them out. And uh, the doctor knew that well, this human elephant actually uh, elephant element would actually <laughs> give them enough emotions to where they wouldn't want to do anything, and it would be almost like a virus that would actually destroy them. And he uploaded this virus into the head of the you know this the collective mind of the Daleks, and it had eradicated them in that in this old episode. And I think it was uh, uh it might have been during the Tom Baker time. Um, I don't know. I, I couldn't recognize voices, although he sounded a little bit like John Hurt, actually. Uh, I think on the that recording, so it might have been somebody else. Um, I don't know. There have been so many made. Yeah. I so I was surprised in the in the uh, the Christopher Eccleston age, uh, the Ninth Doctor, to actually see Daleks around. I was like, oh, I didn't think that I'd get to see any of these things after that audio. Well, and then and then Rose uh, yeah. supposedly eradicated them again, and then they were back again, and. I mean, you, there's one of those that I don't think the fans will let you kill them because they like them. You know, you as, can trap them in a parallel universe and, and promise them you'll never see them again, but just don't kill them. Yeah, I don't think that's ever they're ever going to completely eradicate the Daleks. Yeah, and it's sort of like uh, Rory and Amelia and or Amy. Uh, yeah. With I, I don't want to spoil any anything, but what would happen to them? It's like they can't really continue with the Doctor. But at least they kind of have a happy ending. You get an idea. Well, they were still together. And but he can travel in nice time. Life, so I mean, he travels in time. He's. I mean, they've done ones where they've met Charles Dickens. They met Vincent yeah. Van Gogh. I'm sorry, he Van Gogh. Can, if you can you're always British. go back and pop up at a time and run into them again. Yeah, exactly. You can't apparently take them out of that time because uh, the, there are historical fixed points. The time lock thing they came up with recently. They don't think they ever had that before. Um, but certain things you can see why you, because otherwise, I mean, they had that one called "Let's Kill Hitler." Um, <laughs> otherwise, otherwise, you could go in and kind of jack up things, and we would go, "Yeah, that never happened." We live in this world; we know that didn't happen. Yeah. So I think they try to make it fairly. Well, you need to say that louder, Heather. Heather. Oh, I was going to say, it just reminds me of wibbly wobbly, timey wimey stuff. <laughs> I have that on my door. I'll, I'll try to take a picture. I have a sign on my door that says. If I'm gone, I flip it to the side that says Mrs. Moss is out exploring time and space in, you know, the library or wherever I'm at. And then the other side says, please don't interrupt. I'm teaching uh, important, nonlinear, timey-wimey, wibbly-wobbly stuff. (laughs) And they have to end, please knock, you know. I think I left out. I think I was supposed to put, uh, no, I I think I left out (laughs) wibbly-wobbly. But I got nonlinear, timey-wimey in there. But you've done your entire classroom uh, doorway into a TARDIS, then. 
And for anyone who d- wouldn't know a TARDIS, uh, what is it? Time and Relative Dimension in Space. That yes. is the name of the ship or time machine that he goes about in, which is bigger on the inside than it is the outside. Right. Which has become a running joke for Amer- for every new companion to go and you know stick their head inside, then go outside, walk around the police box, and stick their head back inside, look at them and say, it's bigger on the inside than it is the outside. Except for Clara, the first she time said she does it. She it's smaller on yeah, the outside. It's smaller on the outside. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then she asks, where's the kitchen? And then he's like, both, both times he's like, no one has ever asked that question <laughs> or said it like that. Um, they've mentioned that there's a boot closet that was in Tom Baker's. Uh, Sarah gets lost and opens the door. There's a room with nothing but shoes in it. Uh, <laughs> so there's a boot closet. There's a, there's a pool, which River Song has fallen into the pool a couple of times, I think once. Uh, and then there's, uh, there's all kinds of different rooms. And I believe there are different... Um, they alluded to there being different control rooms as well. Yeah. So it's, that's why they can look different is there's more than one. And it's um, like an infinite ship. It can always be developing and growing new things right. currently all the time. But it's, anyways, uh, yeah. like, so your, your classroom at the school you teach at, you've done up in a TARDIS, but uh, I guess you've uh, renamed the uh, the uh, letters to different meanings for the oh, classroom. And things? Yes, instead of time and relative dimension in space, it is uh, thoughtful attentive, respectful, diligent, industrious students. And we're, we're, we're going to vote on a TARDIS of the week, you know, our, our student of the week, and who was the most thoughtful, helpful, you know, etc. Not helpful, that was with, sorry. I have another sign that says think before you speak, and it's, is it thoughtful, is it helpful, is it, I can't remember what the I is. <laughs> Uh, is it I? I can't remember. Something like that. Is it nice? Is it kind? I think. Is it important? Is it necessary? Is it kind? I can't remember what the I is, but but anyway, yeah, the TARDIS. We're going to work that in. My kids are going to be um, an acronym to death because, or acronym to death, I should say, not an acronym. That's funny because it's about time. Uh-huh. Uh <laughs> Anyway, they're going to be acronym to death because we also use slant, which is. Uh, Sit up, listen, ask questions, nod your head, and track the speaker. So, and just track the speaker unless they're a weeping angel, or in case, you know, especially if they're a weeping angel, you have to look at them all yeah, the time. To explain yeah. a weeping angel, oh, actually, I guess if my listeners have been listening long enough, I explained weeping angels to Scott and Tracy of the Disney Indiana podcast when we were discussing favorite villains. You have to look at them. Yeah, if you look at them, don't look away. Keep staring. Don't blink because they're very fast and they're intergalactic assassins that will cast you backwards into the past just to drain the energy of that that transfer. Uh, but here's the thing, though. I mean, they're scary and they're creepy, but on the other hand, that's kind of cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I'd like to go back and, like, find, follow them around and say, okay, could you send me to the Weeping Angel that goes to, like, 1964 so I can meet the Beatles? And, <laughs> and you can just, like, touch me and, and I'll be cool with that. Um, but you can't come back. I mean, once yeah. you're there, you, you're there. You, you might not like so much you know, into the past when you find out there's no toilets, you know, or something. Well, I don't want to go that far back. Um, but it's not that, like you have control on where they send you. Well, that's the other interesting thing that they've done with the TARDIS is because it is broken – he doesn't have a lot of control about where he goes. And yeah. one time he was going, the 10th doctor was going to take, <coughs> pardon me, Rose to a rock concert in seven, eight, 1979. And they ended up in Scotland in 1879 <laughs> battling werewolves, um, <laughs> which is another story entirely. Yeah. But 
but and that's where Torchwood actually was introduced in that episode. Yeah, that's the, had the werewolf that's episode the werewolf. in yeah, it. Yeah. Children of the Moon or something to that effect. Yeah. Um, but anyway, it was interesting because they were trying to get to. She ends up wearing like you know a little tiny denim skirt because they thought they were going to. Um, 1979. Yep. And the, the queen keeps calling her like the naked child or whatever yeah. <laughs> like, throughout the episode. And... Uh, that's the funny one where yeah. she keeps saying, I've been ooped in a boot. And he says, no, no, don't do that. And it's it's funny to me because David <laughs> is so Scots. His accent is so thick when he's not the doctor. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. Yeah. One thing I, I find interesting now that I've you know been watching this series and uh, it is it's been around for fifty years. Something else that it hit its fifty year anniversary uh, like a year or so ago was Star Trek, and I've always noticed there's some parallels on on certain mm-hmm. characters. The main one being the Cybermen and the Borg, which it's the Cybermen I believe were first. So, but I really think the Borg were inspired by the Cybermen. I think so, too, just because the Cybermen also had used to be human, and then they were upgraded. Yeah, uh, they were upgraded. And but I don't think Star Trek has hit its 50th yet. Yeah, it did. It shouldn't have. It was a couple of years ago. They made a big deal. Um, okay. They had, like, uh, like, cookie res- like, cookies you could order, special 50th anniversary oh. cookies. I don't want to... Okay. I, I need to check something out, then, because I don't want to argue with you on your own podcast, <laughs> but um, I had always thought... That Star Trek premiered on my birthday in 1966, uh, the same week that Batman and the Monkeys came out, and I came out. Uh, Star Trek premiered, and uh, so we are not 50 yet. Yeah. We are 47. <laughs> we are almost 48, well, check. but we are not 50. Um, I could be wrong on that, but I'll I believe... Yeah, I remember there was a big deal, and I thought it was the 50th anniversary. It was a couple years ago. Uh, let's see, forty sixth was actually in the two thousand twelve, so yeah, they'd be up to forty, so they're not quite up to fifty. I so. think that it might have been the twenty fifth anniversary of Next Generation that you saw because that came out the year I got married, and I was married twenty five years in two thousand twelve. So oh, here's where I've been seeing stuff. Uh, they the Star Trek. Three is is apparently aimed to be released on the fiftieth. That's probably where I got confused. Okay, but like I said, it was some sort of anniversary thing that they would kind of come around. But yeah, the next movie is playing for it. So yeah, so Doctor Who actually was first, and then Star Trek. I think is really in the next generation. I think took the Cybermen, made the Borg. But the interesting thing is uh, the Cybermen really kind of moved a little bit like a militaristic C three PO before. But yes. in the, uh, when we were just watching it on the marathon, this, I think it's called Nightmare and Silver, the so Cybermen suddenly get where they're upgrading a lot faster and they're moving a lot quicker and they start to actually remind me then of the Borg, like 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 the Borg suddenly inspired the newer Cybermen. You know, it's um, kind of like they they inspire each other to take that next step to go and say, oh, really, that's what you did? Well, here's our version now going to be better than even yeah. what you did. And, well, if you go back and look at some of the old pictures of the old Cybermen. They literally are men in silver lame suits um, with, <laughs> yeah. with like a plastic or, or metal mask on. Um, so it's really not, uh, they weren't that scary. Yeah. I think, I think the newer ones really are. And of course then, you know, they had the episode with it back in the, um, Oh, Dick and Dickensian times, I guess, 1840s, 1850s where they actually had the cyber king and they were taking children from workhouses and making them 
um, you know, up, upgrading them or whatever to be Cybermen. That was terrifying. That one is terrifying because you can hear people like screaming as they're being, they don't want to be upgraded. Is that um, the one where even the, the one woman who was turned, uh, she kind of fights her programming and she has like oil that leaks out of the eyes like she's crying? And she's Yes, like, yes, because she can – no, that's a different episode, that's, but that yes, that episode. did happen. That's the one where they're in the parallel universe and the Cybermen just like show up and they get everybody because they've all got the little earpieces. <laughs> you so will can, either be upgraded or deleted. Yeah. <laughs> yes, and, yes. And – uh no, 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 wait a minute. That is, that's the one where they come into the real world and she's like, I was just doing it for a queen and, you know, for a queen and country. That's right. And she's doing my right. She yells, queen and country, as she's blasting away Cybermen as she's already a Cyberman. She's got, like, oil leaking her out of her eyes like she's um, a giant. That's, is that what you're thinking? No, I, I think we're getting it all mixed up. Probably. I, really, I, I, I need to go back and rewatch because they do run together. Some of them, they use villains over again and again. Well, if they're good villains, they're worth using again and again, you know? Yeah, they are. Uh, and and one thing I would like to point out, except for maybe the Daleks, um, very rarely do you ever see you know the Doctor going. I just have to obliterate this being from the face of the Earth or the face of whatever planet you're on. He's actually trying to get them to um, calm down and live. <laughs> yeah, calm down and live peaceably with um, other people. He always gives them a chance. Yeah, uh, and he always tells them to run. <laughs> Yeah, he's like just run. If you see me coming, if you're not gonna change, you better run. Um, so he's yeah. he's not like we gotta blast them all away out of the universe. It's he really does kind of I'd say preach peace, but you know what I'm saying. He tries to get people to to live uh, peaceably, coexist. His version of making a threat is saying, "I am the doctor, and I will stop you." Right. <laughs> it's not necessarily you. You all have to die out. In fact, he was upset with with Rose for. Uh, obliterating the entire race because he thought that they could be uh, could be saved by that point. But yeah. anyway, uh, he he's not just out there, you know, guns blazing. As a matter of fact, he doesn't have a gun. <laughs> got, as I mentioned before, and I don't know how many people will remember I said this, and maybe who are not familiar that thought, wait, he's got a screwdriver. What? No, he's not got a Phillips or a flathead. He's got a sonic screwdriver that go, does all these sonic frequencies, and it's perfect for different types of things. Except uh, wood. It doesn't work on wood. Except wood because there's no real, you know, there's no technology in wood. Um, well, last night he had wood, the one that was on last night, there were wood monsters and he couldn't yeah. fight them because he, he couldn't stop them because they were wooden. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, you know what I think he would benefit from, though, is a good EMP. <laughs> because really, the the most threatening things he's got to deal with are mainly Daleks and Cybermen. And if you just so have a good go. EMP, you could just shut them all down and say, ha, short there amount. you go. Just short them out. Short them all out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I like the the line, I think uh, Captain Jack says it, where he says, you know, who looks at a sonic a screwdriver and says, could this be a little more sonic? <laughs> <laughs> and then um, the, uh, oh, Sarah Jane Adventure, she has a sonic lipstick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, they've had, like, uh, was it a sonic laser? The one um, with the adipose? Um the, yes, I, I kind of wish. Yeah, the one lady who the the nanny had the the sonic laser. Mm-hmm. Um, there's another sonic screwdrivers. What the master had one that was. Uh, uh, it was also a uh, laser, I believe. Yeah, and and it, it would only do like he had a like it's a biological reference on it, like where only he could use it. Use it right, yeah. imprint. Um, I I do kind of wish adipose were real. I just wish it wouldn't take like all your bones and organs and stuff too. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I think that too. With that episode, I was like, you know, I have could just a little fa- bit, and then you know, just stop after a while. And <laughs> and they're cute. Turns into weird little aliens and yeah. pops out of you. They're so Waves cute. And goes off on their own ship. They were oh. they were really cute. Like those are one of the cute, I guess, villains. I don't know. I yeah, mean, they weren't really trying to hurt anybody. They just needed to, to to hatch from their little eggs, and they'll just pop out of your body, and you'll you'll be fine. Oh, and they eat fat. I mean, yeah. you know, it's a win win. It's a win win. <laughs> Yeah, I think I've seen like dolls of them, like a little yeah. you know, rubbery doll. Plush, I kind of want yeah. one. I mean, <laughs> just kind of cute. It looks like the Pillsbury Doughboy if he's yes. able to make. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And if you blew one up to about you know fifty stories high, it'd be safe. Be safe, Marshmallow Man. If someone asks you if you're a god, you say yes. Or, uh, as an actual Doctor Who quote, if somebody asks you if you want to be queen in the universe, you say yes. You say yes. Yeah, I'm sure they stole that. There's some really good good yeah. lines that you can steal. Oh, yeah. Um, a lot of borrowing. But you can do that in the geek circles, and we'll be like, hey, we get it. It's a tribute. Yay. Yay. <laughs> um, I, I just, I don't know. It's a lot of fun. I've shown the, when we read Romeo and Juliet, I showed the Shakespeare Code. Um, which actually works better with Macbeth because it's the three witches, blah, blah, blah. But we don't read Macbeth in freshman English, so I couldn't use that. I'm sorry, the Scottish play. Um, you're not supposed to say that. <laughs> yeah, the Scottish play. Anyone who's I'm seen Blackadder will be probably thinking the same thing. We yeah. are. Yep. Yep, yep. <laughs> if you haven't watched Blackadder, it's on Netflix as well. And find the Scottish play and laugh your, your pants off or whatever. Yep. Uh, your butt, you can say, or bum, laugh your bum off. There yeah, you go. Laugh your bum off. We we try to keep it a family show around here. There you go, bum. <laughs> <laughs> um, but anyway, like I said, it, I've had fun this year because even students that don't have me will come by and say, you know, um, I just want to look in your room. Can I just look in your room? I have a a Dalek on the doorway uh, that says exterminate profanity in the classroom. <laughs> Um, I also have a, a Cyberman, which you may, if you find those pictures to put up, I hope you do. But I have a Cyberman that says, if you use your phone in this room, it will be deleted from your possession. <laughs> um, but, you know, I have a few people that don't get it, and that's okay. And then I have other people that say, when are we going to talk about Doctor Who? Like, it's not actually a class about Doctor, Doctor Who. Who. <laughs> yeah. It's it's just the decor in here because I went a little crazy with the uh, <laughs> the blue closet, but... Um, but it, it's been pretty fun. There's a sticker that a wall sticker that I want to get, and I just heard that quote last night as we were flipping through for this marathon, um, where he's tucking little Amelia Pond in, and he says, um, "All everyone's life is a story. Make sure yours is a good one." Mm-hmm. And uh, they have that as a wall quote with the TARDIS at the end of it flying off, and uh, I want that sticker for my for my room for my wall. <laughs> And then you got to find one of a poster of Walt Disney's quote. If uh, if you're not having a happy moment, or if you're not happy in your life right now, well, your happy happy ending hasn't happened yet. There you go. So that always reminds me of that too. But go. anyways, uh, we've gone on a pretty good long time here, and we want to keep the show kind of regular length this week. So, but it's been great having you on, and of course, you're welcome back anytime. Okay, thank you. So, but yeah, thanks for coming on the show, and everybody. This is Sherry Moss, and. Uh, well, Thank you for. Really have a website or anything to follow or anything? I, I don't. I'm on Twitter. Uh, <laughs> I'm Sharina Sue on Twitter. But um, I was going to say thank you for letting me be your companion this week. Uh-huh. Yes. 
Well, yeah, I had to kind of work you out there through the TARDIS there. I, I do have my companion for the week there. It kind of sticks with me here for, you know, being the pan. So. Well, yeah, of course. <laughs> I that, would, to, that would be me. That would, I was going to say, you have to do that. The official companion for this week. <laughs> you can have more than one companion. You just have, can have only one life companion. There you go. Yeah, exactly. And we do occasionally you know, have other companions like last week. Jesse was on here, but we weren't companions. He was a co-hosting because this is the only week we get to have companions because this is our Doctor Who week. I know. That's why I made that reference. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Beat me back down. I got stuff to do. Okay, well, I get it. My Sonic has been shut down, but we'll just get you. We'll just fly the TARDIS down and drop you off. How about that? Uh, thank you. Uh, please stop and don't just open the door and kick me out. <laughs> uh, I'll make sure he stops. Okay. Thank you. If I can land this thing. <laughs> okay. I thank think somebody you. left the emergency brake on anyway. <laughs> That's what makes that noise. Exactly. And yeah, that went over the heads of anybody who doesn't watch the show. Uh, it's all right. They're going to start now, aren't they? Yeah, That's right. Well, you will. You yeah. will now watch this show. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Thank you. Well, uh, wait a minute. Did you order some statues or something? There. What? What are these statues? I I didn't order any statues. Um. Well, well, you keep your eyes open, and uh, you know, I I think it's about time we gave this TARDIS back or took it back to Neverland, and I I I just kind of think I'll believe it somewhere. Uh, Yes, I agree. I think we need to uh, return this. Return this uh, quickly. Yeah. Well, but real quick, uh, we would like you to subscribe to us and rate us on both iTunes and Stitcher. Uh, if you search for the Neverland Podcast, you'll certainly find us. Or if you go to NeverlandPodcast.com, I do have links for you to subscribe through iTunes and Stitcher. Also, to leave us a review because we do love reviews around here. They're wonderful things. So give us a review. It does help more people to find us. And we love it also when you share with your friends about the, the Neverland Podcast and tell your friends about us. Now, what if they want to follow us on Twitter? Well, you can follow us at Neverland P Cast. That is the letter P. Yes, the letter P. Neverland P Cast at Neverland P Cast, right? Yes. Uh, and Facebook, we're on Facebook too at facebook.com/slash Neverland Podcast, or you can send us an email. At uh, podcast at neverlandpodcast.com. Or if you'd like to call and leave us a voicemail, that is 816-226-6492. And all of this information can be found at... The neverlandpodcast.com. No, not the, just oh. neverlandpodcast.com. Sorry. Yes, make sure you don't make that mistake because I bet I confuse a lot of people with that website. So, yeah, come back next week because we are planning to have a fun show with Richard and Sarah from Skywalking Through Neverland to talk about Star Wars Rebels. And, boy, after that, we're coming up uh, September, the fall season. Lots of fun. A lot of new shows coming along that we can talk about. Plenty of fun to be had. Lots of festivals. Lots of festivals. Festivals. Yes. Don't forget about ToonFest. Come on out and meet me and possibly Heather, maybe Philip. I'm not sure who all is going in our group. But come out. Yes. It's it's a whole lot of fun. I have a lot of fun there. So, And you can learn a lot of things, too. Okay, but I think we've got through just about everything. Do we need to send off any special messages other than to remember to keep your pixie in your pocket? That way, whenever you need to, you can pull her out and give her a sprinkler on you and some other people. And in fact, I still want to hear people's stories about how you're spreading a little bit of pixie dust in somebody else's life or they're doing something to spread a little pixie dust in yours. And by that, I mean doing something nice for somebody. Just do something good. Make somebody's day a little nicer. And if somebody does something nice for you, 
let us know. We want to be able to share those nice positive stories as well. So once again, we you know call us on the voicemail, send us an email, uh, let me know on Twitter. How are, you know share those stories and we'll share them with everybody else, and it spreads that pixie dust around to everybody else. So until next week, God bless and uh, Geronimo Alonzi, and uh, uh, make sure you have your banana. <laughs>